now. We handle things differently. Uh, I still get, I get quiet, yeah. like in the zone kind of. Um, and then Sam jokes around, jokes around. So it's kind of <laughs> opposites. <laughs> like, I don't like if we're in the crowds, I don't talk to anybody. I'm pretty like, just like focused on the task. Um, that's just what works for me. And mm -hmm. Sam is like making light of the situation, like out really having fun, joking around with, with people. So it was always really, really fun to compete with her for that reason. So that, like mm -hmm. water or, you know, even the that games. Yeah. Granite games. We had a lot of fun because she brought me out of my like narrow focus. And Hi, my name is Scott Schweitzer and I am the Clydesdale. My friends Amy Radowski, Charlie Yodi, Kat Shear love fitness as a sport as much as I do. We are all 40 plus Masters Age athletes who give all we have to lead a healthy, active life. We also want to bring you athlete interviews, human interest stories, and all the news surrounding the sport of fitness. If you like what you hear, consider giving us a five-star rating and writing a review. We are also available with full video on YouTube at the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast, as well as all traditional podcast platforms. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at the Clydesdale underscore fitness and friends. And now, off to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast. So we're coming off the excitement of last week giving away our first original RX Smart Gear jump rope as part of our hashtag road to a thousand. Um, so that is awesome. And we want to tell you that we are already 10 subscribers into the next hundred. And so we want to keep that momentum rolling. Let's go. And this is how you can become, um, able to win a brand new customized RX smart gear jump rope. And that is one subscribe to our YouTube channel, the Clydesdale fitness and friends Two, make sure that that account is public so that we can see your name and three share with everybody, you know, or tag your friends in a post that we may make about it so that we can get to that next level as quickly as possible. Yeah, easy enough, easier. right? Easy. Yep. Free stuff. Free stuff. And our one's already gone out the door. So we, uh, we're ready to give away a lot more because we want to get to that thousand so that by next CrossFit season, we can start uh, doing a little more fun and uh, remote location type stuff with the podcast. And we want to thank RX Mark here. They have been an awesome partner. Uh, we couldn't have asked for a better sponsor and partner to this podcast. They are awesome. And uh, it is the holiday season. If you want to buy one of your loved ones a jump rope, easy peasy, go on rxmarkhere.com. You can customize it, get the colors, the, the patterns that you like, and you can get 15% off by typing Clydesdale15, all caps, at checkout. Uh, and that gets you 15% off everything in the store except for new releases and special editions. And now off to this week's episode. Hi. Hi guys, hey guys. how are you? Good. Good. 
Oh, Groot's making an appearance too. I love it. It's a family yeah. affair. Only sits in the sun, so we gotta share. Perfect. All right, so I'm just gonna give you a brief introduction. My name is Kat. How you doing? Uh, we've got Scott the Clydesdale himself. We are his friends. We have Amy Radowski and Charlie Odie. And for any anybody that's been living under a rock uh, in the last decade, we are here with Nicole Holcomb. Uh, Nicole is a three times CrossFit Games participant, two individual, one team. And the Miss Samantha Briggs, um, you've been in the games nine times now in the last decade, I believe. You were the 2013 champion. Um, it's great to have both of you here. So thanks so much for your time. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us today. Oh, thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks, yeah. guys. So today is Thursday. We're recording on a Thursday, and I don't do enough exercise for it to be necessarily a recovery day for me, but I was wondering for you both, um, is today an active recovery day? Uh, yeah, I've just been in the garage for the last two hours doing some uh, kind of like movement work and uh, just some kind of like prehab, rehab stuff. How about you, Nicole? Are you actively working out right now? Yeah, um, it looks a little bit different since last year, the competition's um, shutting down. I stepped away from training full-time, and so I'm doing real estate. And so, so training isn't as strict as, you know, Thursday's a rest day, Sunday's an active recovery day or something like that. So I'm just kind of dabbling. So I'll train this evening, um, so no resting today. Okay, fair enough. Um, now, the three of my co-hosts are in Columbus, Ohio. I'm in uh, Wilmington, Delaware. Where are you guys right now? Cincinnati. Cincinnati, okay. And Nicole, are you from there? No, I'm actually from Indiana. Um, okay. Sam and I uh, met here training under Shane and Laura's sweat. So Sam was using Laura and I was using Shane, and so we did some training together here. Awesome. And so, Sam, what's your residential status? You floating back and forth between Manchester and here? Uh, we finally uh, bought a house here uh, last August. Mm -hmm. Yeah, last August. So, um, and then when travel finally permitted, I went back to the UK at the end of November and finally moved out. So I'm officially here now. Oh, great. Okay. So you don't have any like visa restrictions or travel things where you have to go back? For a 10-year uh, green card now. Awesome. Very cool. Well, welcome. <laughs> yeah. um, so I want to talk, we're not going to go back like to the beginning or anything, and I'm sure you guys have, have talked a lot about, you know, CrossFit history and how you started and all that. I'm more curious to talk a little bit about like the 2019-2020 season and then sort of, you know, ask some fun questions at the end just about you guys and, and life together, and then uh, we'll wrap up. So, 2019, Nicole, you were on a team, Central Beasts, correct? Yep. Who was, who was on your team? Uh, so Emma Chapman, Joey Tortora, and Zach Souter. And Joey was, is from Columbus. He's since moved to Pennsylvania. And then Emma and Zach were living in Kentucky. So Cincinnati was kind of our, our middle. Okay. And you had gone individual in the past. What made you sort of switch over to the team concept? Yeah, so 14 and 15 uh, were individual seasons. I had a back surgery in 2016 and a back surgery in 17. 
Um, so by the time we got around to um, being ready to compete again, team just seemed a little bit more fun, less pressure. Um, and, it, and it just worked out. I had access to these guys and we formed a team and, and we were committed to each other all season long. So it was, it was just a lot more fun. And what was that season like um, trying to qualify for the games? What, which sanctional did you qualify at? Uh, we qualified out of London. Um, what's the London comp? Strength and Depth. Strength and Depth. Um, we also did um, Dubai. We took fifth in Dubai. That was our first competition together. We did Granite Games. We took third. Um, Granite Games is pretty stacked event as far as team goes. Um, and then we went to the games. I think that was it. That was our season. Yeah. Oh, nice. So you qualified pretty early then in the season. I think Strength yeah. and Depth is one of the first ones. Team. So I have to ask, Granite Games, do you remember that event? Do you remember that competition pretty well? Yeah. Okay, last event. Sandbag, rope climbs. Yeah. How mad were you at your judge for messing you guys up on that last event? Do you remember uh, that? Yeah, it was such a fast event. I don't even know if we really knew what was going on. Um, it was on the guy's side, wasn't it? I, I was your judge. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> I, tell, I tell this story all the time. Um, yeah. I don't remember. No, I think, it was, I think it was Emma. I think you had gone first, maybe, and Emma was finishing up. And I made her bring the sandbag, sort of advance it, before she ran back for the rope. Um, and Joey lost his you-know-what on me. Rightfully so, because I was telling her to do something incorrectly. We we adjusted your score, your time, and it was all good, like no harm, no foul. But that was one of my most memorable judging moments. They're so wild because they move so fast. And as a judge, we have like so much respect for you guys because we don't even know what's going on and you guys have to keep everything. That was a super fast event. Yeah. I think my excuse too was that I had I had judged the first heat, but the first heat that I had judged for teams, the team didn't get to finish the event. So I didn't yeah. get to practice what the last person was supposed to do. Um, yeah. So I was practicing on you guys, but that was a, that was a memorable one for me. So you guys, yeah. you guys were very nice. And, and after everybody was angry, everyone was very apologetic. And so I get it in the heat of the moment. <laughs> That's great. Um, so what was it like in the, at the games for you then? Um, what were yeah. those events like? How did that work? You you placed fifth, right? Awesome on some events. And we really, I think, surprised ourselves as well. Um, I mean, especially on team when you're working with four, four different people, you just go out and do the best that you guys can do. You can't really compare it to anybody else because they have different moving pieces. So for us, like the swim event, I think like the thousand meter swim was as far as anybody had swam before. So just completing that event would be awesome. Um, so we did really well on some events. Um, I was dealing with a neck injury. So a disc in my neck had gone out, which was affecting um, the use of my arm. So when we got to the final um, and kind of most of the weekend, I was kind of at like 50% capacity on my ability to push. But most of the events, um, 
were on the field and more like just like teamwork or grunt work so we could get through like the entire weekend um and then we finished fifth so um the last event we took last of the top five but um i think everybody was okay with that pretty yeah, proud and you got to hang on the whole weekend so yeah. let's jump let's jump to sam's 2000 sam can i call you sam or do you prefer samantha no sounds good okay um, your 2019 season, you had a heck of a start. Um, I think they gave you the, the name, the Triple Crown winner, because you won two sanctioned events. You were the national champion of the UK, and you won on a team um, yeah. at another event, in addition to winning the Legends uh, division at the Rogue Invitational. So yeah. you had a heck of a qualifying year. How did How did that feel, and what sort of were you preparing to sort of smash it? Like, did you know that was going to happen? Uh, no, um, I think when they made all the changes um, to like how to qualify and the, how the season would play out, um, kind of we made we made a plan uh, like which sanctioners I was like going to go for and stuff, and um, I think I just kind of took advantage of like the situation. Uh, Dubai was going to be uh, the competition where I was hopefully going to earn some money to go to Australia the month after and qualify out of Australia. That was kind of the plan. But I ended up doing better than I anticipated in Dubai and qualifying out of the, the first sanctional. Uh, and then everything else kind of slotted into place. I still went out to Australia because I had all the flights booked and it's Australia, so why not? <laughs> um, and then last, it was a last minute decision to uh, go on a team. Uh, they were meant to have Emma McQuaid on their team and she injured her wrist the week before the competition. So I was a last minute substitution into the, the team. Um, uh, that was out of Reykjavik, so I it, I got asked to do it, and it was just a great honour to be part of a UK team and qualify uh, a UK team to the games. So that's yeah. a pretty cup strong comeback from coming back from after a, a pretty serious injury before, right? Uh, yeah, um, that was yeah because I competed at the games is a master in 2018 and then yeah came back I was, it's all confusing i'm like what year was that <laughs> <laughs> yeah 2018 you were in the master's division you won second place um yeah. i'm guessing that you probably did you you qualified to go to the games but did you opt to do the masters because of an injury no i um the, it was a couple of weeks before regionals i ruptured my um elbow so i had to have okay. surgery regionals but I wasn't able to qualify for the games but the weekend before my surgery was the master's qualifiers so I did the master's qualifiers before having the surgery okay and yeah and I mean you've won the worldwide open I think for masters division ever since you've been a masters right <laughs> 17 18 and 19 possibly I've not I've not looked so I don't know looked that's what it says that's awesome very cool so um let's talk about um who was your coach going into the 2019 games 
So I've been working with a guy called James Jowsey uh, since, so originally I worked with him in 2010 to 2014 and then I started working back with him uh, after my uh, shoulder surgery in 2016 and I've been with him since. Okay, so and he's with Phil Mansfield, right? Is it MSI? Yeah, yeah Red Pill. Red Pill, yeah. Okay, so going up into the games, um, in 19, how were you, how were you feeling? Uh, I was feeling pretty good. Um, I think you never know kind of like how the games is going to run. And then when they announced all the cuts and obviously the games was very different to any years before with the, uh, all the national champions. So it was kind of unknown territory going into the games but uh, i was happy with like our preparation was going into the games okay and then did i hear that you ran a triathlon on sunday morning yeah i did my first ever half iron man <laughs> oh okay <laughs> did, did you have friends do it with you uh yeah there were a few of us um i think because like we train all year to like compete at the games for like a full weekend and to be cut on the Saturday morning, I still had so much more to give. Uh, I didn't feel like my weekend was over and we'd been uh, near where we'd been staying uh, for our preparation for the games. Uh, we'd been to uh, this cafe and the woman there had lent us some bikes one of the days to go cycling and they were holding the um, triathlon. And so we rang up and just to see if they had any like spaces left and they slotted us in and she actually gave us the bikes to, to do it and everything. Very cool. Very cool. Now, did you, were you able to come back to the stadium in time to watch Nicole do anything or did you miss uh, everything? I was back for the, the final. Okay. So. Okay. What's it, what's it like? Have you guys competed against each other at the games? Yeah, 2015. 2015, okay. And what's it like now sort of trying to support one another? Like she's on a team, you're individual. Do you, are you able to do that or do you have to sort of just stay in your own lane um, when you're competing? Uh, I think Nicole's a lot better than me at supporting me and being able to <laughs> concentrate on herself. Uh, is yeah <laughs> we'll leave it there <laughs> <laughs> so you need to just be a little more focused sam on on the task at hand and maybe that's your laser vision right yeah i, I yeah i try and uh, yeah <laughs> I when think I, when it's I, okay. so the day that we're talking about sunday when you did the triathlon yeah she's like like, I, you know, we have events in the morning and in the afternoon. Um, she's like, do you care if I go do this triathlon? But I'm, I'm always like, go, get your energy out. <laughs> go take care of yourself. Um, and then we do, we do make time. It's, it just looks a little bit different than I think most spouses because, you know, her, her work day is in, in the gym all day long. So if I'm, like, calling or interrupting, it would be the same as if I had like a nine to five and I were like being bothered throughout the day. So we would just respect each other's time. And then like in the evening, the same at competition, 
we kind of like go our separate ways and then the evening is kind of like our time together. So we can kind of decompress, you know, have a meal together. That's kind of like family time. So it's, it's just what works for us. So. Okay. Okay. So Nicole, coming off of the 2019 games, did you have intentions of staying team for the following season before changes were made or, or things happened? Sort of talk us through the evolution of how that came about for you. Um, so my, my first goal outside of um, 2019 was to heal up. I was actually scheduled to have surgery, but kind of as soon as um, the stress of competition winded down, um, I was able to heal that injury up through rehab. And from there I qualified for the German throwdown, which was in April. And I was in, in really good shape. I was really proud of where I was at um, and thought that I would be like in contention for a spot for the games. But with that being in April, we went to lockdown, uh, competitions got canceled. So that was kind of just the abrupt end to the season. And that was going to be an individual play at the game, at the season, yeah. right? And um, Mac was going to be in May. Granite Games, I believe, was in August. So that was going to be kind of late season, just because mm -hmm. I had it early on. Okay. And, and Sam, for you, 20, the, the 2020 season sort of got off to a little bit of a rocky start in terms of, for the first time in a while, you did not qualify through the Open. Is that correct? And you uh, sort of um, I had a penalty on the first workout and then I injured my foot on the fourth workout and was in a boot. So it wasn't the best open that <laughs> I've, I've had. Okay. Um, How did you guys feel about the open being so close to the games? Was that tough? Um, I like it was a weird one. I definitely didn't feel like ready to kind of like push again it was i think more mentally than like physically um and then just, you go ahead sorry but just that you you spend all year working so hard for the games and then it was literally like the games had only just finished and you just got no time to kind of like decompress after it it was like straight back into it yeah. So how do you decompress? After the games? Yeah, or just, just in general. Like, I mean, yeah, I guess I guess it's, it's twofold. Like, how do you just generally decompress? Like, what kind of fun stuff do you like to do to, you know, zen yourself out? And then, yeah, after the games or something, how do you decompress from that? Yeah, we're, we're totally different. I, um, I still train. <laughs> but I'll do stuff that I enjoy instead of yeah. stuff that I have to work on. Yeah. Um, but like, like, like daily decompressing, like, like Sam's best method is like watching the Simpsons. A <laughs> TV, like I would rather do like Zen. So like bubble bath, journaling, something like that. You're, you're traditional decompressing, but yeah. Sam, she watches the Simpsons. So everybody's different. <laughs> That's right. Nice. Love it. That's funny. Um, okay, so here we are, um, what is it, January? January 2021, the season looks much different now. Um, 
Sam, it sounds like Nicole, you're sort of taking a step back this year, safe to say, you're gonna do the open, see how it goes. Um, I'm not in heavy training for CrossFit. I've been um, just experimenting with some different classes, really more or less just getting involved in the community. Um, that's like even bigger than just the CrossFit community, like the Cincinnati community. Um, with, with training full time and always working, you're just kind of in a bubble. Um, work, train, repeat. So um, it's been nice to, to go take like a cycling class or, you know, I would like to maybe do some triathlons this summer, just kind of dabbling in things. So no open for me. I'm here to support her for her CrossFit thing. So um, I'll be her judge and I'll set up her workouts and, and we'll do that. Yeah. Awesome. And so Sam, talk to us a little bit about your experience in Germany at the High Rocks competition. Yeah. Um, so how, did you, I, how did you get into that in the first place? Uh, they just reached out and asked if I would um, like to get in, involved, uh, just because I'd done the, the Spartan Games as well. So they were kind of, uh, if you're reaching out into other sports, how do you fancy doing like the High Rocks? Um, and I was planning on being back in the UK, so it was obviously an easier flight from the UK to Germany to, to compete. And yeah, it was very different. Uh, I can, think, you, can you give our audience just a little background on what High Rocks is in terms of the, the competition? Yeah, so I didn't know a lot about it myself when I agreed to it. I was just like, cool, an in-person competition. Okay, yes, let's do it. Uh, and then I looked into it and it's just one big event. Um, and roughly speaking, the men's fastest time is around 60 minutes and the girls fastest time is around that 70 minute mark. So it's just one long slug and it's uh, basically eight different stations with 1k run before each station. So you'll do 1k run, uh, 1k ski, you'll run again. Um, I think it was a sled push, uh, run again, you sled pull. There was uh, rowing, farmer's carry, burpee broad jumps, walking lunges with a sandbag and wall balls. Uh, so. And how did you end up uh, placing in that competition? I came fourth. Um, it was, so if you watch the competition, the girls' race was a lot closer than the guys' race. So after, after when we watched the guys' race, I felt a lot happier with my placing than I did initially. Uh, but yeah, the run just really bit me. Uh, I didn't have miles in my legs. I still felt good doing all the stations. The last thing before the finish line is 100 wall balls, and I was the first ever female to do the wall balls unbroken. So I still had the capacity there to move. I just, we were running on the assault runner as well. I just had nothing in my legs to make that assault runner run any faster than I was going towards the end. <laughs> Yeah, and you're right about that race being so close. I remember watching the women's heat and it was, I mean, there was changing of leaders every so often and you guys were, I wanna say like within a minute 
in a, or 90 seconds, you know, from like first to, to fifth, but the men's, there was like three minutes in between different places. It was quite something. Yeah, no, definitely. I think the total time between uh, all the women was less than the difference in first and second in the, in the men's side. So oh, super close. Now, is that something that you uh, might try again or is that, was that sort of like a one-time deal? No, I enjoyed it. I definitely, um, definitely would be interested in doing it again. I think they normally do it where you're running outside uh, or on a, on a track, which I think would be uh, better suited. Um, but because of COVID, they had to do it that we were like created a bubble. So the run had to be like within the, the um, arena where we were. So I would like to do that and just see kind of the difference in actually being able to run as opposed to um, doing the assault runner. Uh, mm -hmm. I would train a little bit more for it if I was going to do another one. Maybe do a few more runs of at least 8K before doing it. Yeah, well now you know what it feels like too, so that's probably a lot easier once you've experienced it. Do they always do the same um, sort of things in the middle of the runs? Is it always the sled carry, the sled drag, the kettlebells, or, or do they switch that up? No, I, I, I believe the eight stations are the same each time so that they can uh, run like the world championships, that like everything's the same. So uh, different if it's in Germany or there's one coming up in Dallas, there's one that they run in Vegas. So each one and then they can compare like the leaderboards and stuff and then they accumulate in a world championship at the end of the season. Oh, nice. So you can specifically train that event multiple times if you needed to. Yeah, definitely. There's no unknowable uh, factor there. <laughs> no, which I'm not used to. So I'm just like doing my CrossFit training. And then afterwards I was like, oh, I actually could have done this event a couple of times before coming out. <laughs> I love it. That's great. So um, a little, let me, um, a little bit into kind of the mindset that you have going into that. Um, you know, when you see an event like so long for me, when I see that type of long event, it, it, messes with my head because of whatever reason but for someone who's you know been doing crossfit for so long what's what's the mindset going in without knowing you know doing those events before and um just being prepared mentally for that type of thing um i think it was just uh more knowing myself and knowing my capabilities uh, it's very rare that a crossfit event would last kind of that long so it definitely more of a pacing strategy uh, not to go out like too hot um, a lot of the other girls that's kind of what they that they are high rocks athletes so they they're used to doing it they know their pacing so try not to get sucked into their race and maybe going too hard at the beginning when it's like in the last 70 minutes so if if i've given everything in 20 minutes the the, the next uh, 50 minutes are going to be very painful that sounds like a five minute event for me you go too hard <laughs> at one minute i'm done <laughs> that's me <laughs> going out hot was that um did you did you make any money on that sam did they pay you for that uh there was prize money yes okay cool good so like a fun way to sort of supplement your income and, and not kill yourself with heavy weights and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I have to tell you, I've been listening to your Spotify playlist 
games gains yeah. for the last week with my clients in my gym. Um, if anybody doesn't know, Sam, Samantha Briggs has um, some playlists on Spotify that are public and you can check them out if you want. Um, do you have like different music for different sort of events that you're doing, like long runs versus weightlifting sessions? Does that, do you even pay attention to the music when you're working out? Um, it typically is more like kind of what's in like games games. Um, so when I'm doing kind of my morning mobility and uh, movement work, I'll typically put a, a podcast on or something like that and listen to something and try and learn from something. And then when I, when it comes to working out, I just like a good beat and don't need to concentrate. I can just like work hard. Nice. What, what podcast do you listen to on the regular? Uh, so I've just been listening to the series on ATP um, science. They are uh, Australian and I think there's one uh, South African uh, lady and um, they, there was a couple of interesting ones. They delve into kind of like adrenal fatigue, effects of caffeine, that sort of thing. And it's all to do with um, athletes and kind of like sports nutrition and things like that. Hmm. Okay. Um, so you have a, besides being an author, you wrote a book, right? How does that, how does that come down? Does someone approach you? Do you raise your hand and say, I want to write a book? Someone needs to publish it for me. Uh, somebody approached me because I had absolutely no idea how I would have like started on written anything of my life so it definitely made things easier we would just uh, meet up and he would interview me and then put together um kind of the story and then and then i had the kind of the hardest job for me was then editing and making sure kind of how he'd written things were how i was meaning or how they happened or if they was in the correct kind of like timeline and stuff like that so that was kind of the longest hardest job for for me was the editing uh, process at the end okay and now you have an ebook um for o the open prep do you want to tell us a little bit about that yeah so um we did um so back back in the uk i used to do on a sunday um we would have cardio club and it started with just like two or three of us and it ended up growing and then friends would ask kind of like what workouts we were doing. Um, so that's when cardio club was born. And during the first lockdown, we wrote the cardio club uh, volume one, which was all workouts that I've either written or I've, somebody's given me and they're like kind of memorable to me and then um along those lines we've then i've just done the um open prep which is just six weeks uh there's two workouts per week there's one kind of like interval uh, workout and there's one chipper workout and each week it gets progressively harder and the intensity will increase so that at the end of the six weeks, you're going to be ready and feel confident for the Open. Because a lot of the times when the Open comes around, the first workout tends to find a lot of people uh, 
and they realize, oh, I'm not as great as I should be, or I've not put in the, the work that I should have done. And hopefully this six weeks is a, a, gr a good progression so that when week one comes, you're not feeling like that. You're actually like confident in how you can pace the workout, what you can actually do. I love it. And where can people find that? Uh, so there's a, a link in my bio on my Instagram page. Okay, great. That sounds fun. So what are you hoping to accomplish this year in, in 2021 for the season? Uh, hope to make it back to the games. If we have a games, if we have a season. So let's, let's keep our fingers crossed that uh, we're going to get a season. Yeah. Uh, any, do you have any insight into this whole concept of um, the quarterfinals potentially being in person, but also being sort of by continent? Will you have to like go back to the UK to compete for something like that, assuming it's in person or has anyone, you know, we, you probably know as much as we do, but any insights? So I've read the rule books. I think, think that uh, I come under kind of like a, a gray area uh, because I still have a UK passport, but I have a resident card here. So uh, I've written to CrossFit just to get clarification on which I should sign up for. Okay. And so now that there's a change in the guard in CrossFit, um, do, you, do you expect a different response or maybe a a quicker response or a better response into communicating? Because I know you've probably had to communicate to them in the past, maybe under an old regime. Is there is there a difference for you? How do you feel about the changes? Um, I think the changes uh, so far are looking very positive. Um, I think I think there's always been uh, if ever there's been problems with like what to who I should register as and. I think that um, I've always like found that they respond pretty quickly. Um, so hopefully there's no change there. <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing your emails probably get addressed a lot faster than some other people's emails. <laughs> you're, you're a little bit of a favorite. Um, Nicole, um, can you give us some insight into what it was like for you supporting Sam in stage one of the CrossFit Games? Um, Were you around for that? Stage one of last year? Yeah, so that, that online competition, part one. Well, the online bit, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, which stage is I wearing? Because we had the rogue invitational as well. So I think Oh, yeah. Either one, either one. They're both kind of the similar. I don't know, okay. Um, so that was actually really, really cool. The, the rogue invitational was very well ran, um, but you had to be quiet the whole time. You could not make a sound. And I know that that was different to compete under. So um, for the CrossFit Games, I didn't have a lot of roles or anything. I just was there to make sure all of our equipment was set up. We did have a run outside. So that means it was like 200 meters had to be blocked off, no traffic, no people. So it's, it's more of like an operations management type thing. And then just making sure My she, has manager. <laughs> she has her food, she has her physio, you know, that sort of thing. Just like a, a manager, isn't it? And of course, uh, of course, group comes to watch when we do stuff like that. Yeah. So. 
That's great. That's great. What um, what affiliate do y'all train at? So uh, we've been at uh, CrossFit Cornerstone. Okay. And that's in Cincinnati, presumably. Yeah, it's like ten minute drive from the house. Okay. And so, Sam, for you, um, what was it like? not sort of knowing where where your competition was and and having sort of blinders on basically when you're competing do you find that to be advantageous or a little more difficult to strategize uh for me i'm definitely better at in-person competitions uh i definitely perform better in competition than i do in training and i think that is that kind of um being being against other people and kind of the the adrenaline and everything that you get and the atmosphere from that. So it's very different. Uh, I think like for some of the stuff, it was really cool. Uh, all the members were in and watching. So you still was able to like at least feed off like people cheering and people shouting for you. But it's definitely very different when you're in an arena and you can actually like feed off the other athletes as well. What happens in an event like that when, like the snatch event at Rogue, when you do three more rounds than anybody else and you couldn't see them to know that you could like stop and rest for the rest of the events? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Fortunate. Uh, but you just, <laughs> you just have to kind of give it your all. And so next door to the gym, there's a brewery. And so because the members weren't able to watch for the Rogue Invitational, but they were streaming live, they were all next door drinking and they, the, the brewery were um, airing the Invitational, but there was a 10 second delay. So when I finished snatching, 10 seconds later, I heard these like massive cheers. Uh, and I, I was thinking, damn, I've not done enough because I thought they were cheering for somebody else that was still going. And they were like, no, 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 that's for you. You did it. I was, that one was so hard to watch. I was screaming at my computer screen, like, tell her to stop. She doesn't have to go anymore. Save yourself. Yeah, I was, I was actually a judge for that event. I, I judged Saxon Pancheck, and we were all watching as you were doing that. And, like, even the Pancheck brothers are like, oh, my gosh, she just keeps going. Yeah. He has a capacity for barbell cycling for sure. Yeah, crazy, crazy. Okay, well, I want to get into some fun stuff. I want to make sure we have time for that. So wait, I got one question before you get there, though. Oh, go ahead. Okay. I'm just curious. I know we were talking mostly about your more recent, but I'm curious to hear about your experience, Sam, at Westside Barbell. How did that all come together? Uh, yeah. So 2013 was when I met Laura and Shane Sweat. They, uh, they did their powerlifting seminar at my gym in the UK. And they invited me out to train with them in Cincinnati. And part of that was uh, they trained under Louis. Mm -hmm. So often on a Saturday, they would go over to Westside. So they took me over and uh, yeah, it was definitely an interesting experience. Uh, Louis definitely likes to put you through uh, the paces. He can see kind of your weaknesses and then just throws everything at you. And I remember like once having to 
walk around end endlessly the, the parking lot outside Westside. I had a cambered bar on my back. I was carrying a ball. I had a sled attached to me. I think I had a weight vest on. He just made, he just loaded me up with everything. I was like, yeah, keep walking until I come and tell you to stop. And I'm just like, I'm shaking in the car park, still like going like, when, when can I stop doing this? Wow. Crazy. Very fun. Very fun. So, okay, we just have some fun sort of couple of questions for you, uh, if you will, and hopefully it'll sort of spark some conversation as we go. So I'm going to start with, <clears throat> this is for both of you, who, I don't want you both to answer, who is the more cheerful person in the mornings? You I can point. I, so by the time she gets up, I've already had coffee, so I have to take that one. <laughs> so you're, so you're the early riser, Nicole? <laughs> Yeah, so, so she's had an advantage, so she's already like got through the sleepiness, the grogginess. Oh, it's not a competition. <laughs> I win. <laughs> love it. I love it. Okay. So who can snatch more? Nicole. Nicole. So wow. the, there was an article in Breaking Muscle in 2014. They called you the stealth bomber for your 185 pound snatch in regionals back in 2014. Yeah. Now, you had hit that weight prior to that competition. So how confident did you feel going into that event? Did you like know you were gonna smash it? Yeah, um, I'm from a small town. I hadn't trained around a lot of people and you just like, you know what you can do. And, and I, I've, I'm really consistent with the snatch um short arms kind of help so yeah no no worries on that one the snatch is a, is probably my favorite lift so mine too so so which of you is the better swimmer me <laughs> no competition so so how did the thousand meter swim go for you nicole at the games oh yeah so swimming is something that when I qualified for the games in 2014, I had never swam in a lake or an ocean. And of course they, they throw you in the ocean at the CrossFit Games in LA. Um, and so I had to learn how to swim over the course of a couple months and through CrossFit that has pushed me completely outside my comfort zone. I've done several triathlons. The thousand meter swim was the longest I've ever swam, but I did it really confidently. Like I, I crushed it for what, you know, what my standard would be. And do you, and Sam, do you like the, the ocean better for com competition or do you like the lake? Uh, it doesn't really like matter for, for me. Uh, I'm not in contention to kind of win the swim events because I'm not, I don't have a swim background. So uh, I'm not one of the good swimmers. I'm just, I have good endurance, so I can outswim the okay swimmers because of my endurance. <laughs> yeah. Did you awesome. um? Did you catch the? You caught the swim event in the finals of the games, the assault bike swim. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. How did? You, yeah, I was figuring that that might be something that you would you would do well at. Yeah, I would. I would have definitely enjoyed that. Uh, like I said, Tia is definitely a lot uh, more efficient swimmer than me. But I can 
I can grind it out. I could have, I could have tried to push it. <laughs> there you go. Love it. So I think we, we probably already know this answer, but who's the most high maintenance of you two? Oh, you already know. <laughs> well, <laughs> how can you say you already know the answer? I'm just, I'm just saying, we'll, we'll see if, if we, we know or not. Both have very different needs. Yeah. <laughs> That's a very good way to put that. Very <laughs> solid answer. I'm going to write that down in case I get asked that. Equally, <laughs> equally high maintenance. That's a safe answer for sure. Um, so we see your dog Groot there. Uh, well, I want to know who does Groot love more? Oh, he loves both of us. <laughs> uh, he's he's Noel's dog, like through and through. He'll love me when he wants something from me, and like I take him on runs in the woods and stuff like that. And he loves like that time with me. But when he's sleepy or he just wants snuggles, he's like Nicole. I'm, I'm only good enough to snuggle if she's not here. Mm. <laughs> what kind of dog is he? He's a rescue. Yeah. Do you, know, I, do you know what he's mixed with? I think kind of like a lab boxer. He has a very pit face. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. He's super handsome. Did mm -hmm. I? Did I? Did I show puppy? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you on every day. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, but uh, with you two, who, uh, twofold, who is the better cook and then who cooks more often? Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for trifecta. Like <laughs> <laughs> that. Uh, Nicole cooks more often. Uh, and I'll say that she's the better cook so that I still get fed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no offense, Sam, but my grandmother is from England and she was not the, known as the best cook. <laughs> oh. I was land. For New Year's. Was it New Year's that you guys were going to do burgers or something? Yeah. So I was away for a week in Florida and I was like, what are, what are your plans on New Year's Eve? And she's like, oh, we're going to have burgers. We got some meat. But neither one of us know how to make burgers. <laughs> so I'm gonna have wow. to <laughs> You gotta you get guys, an air fryer. Yeah, those are air that's magical. Yeah. Do you guys have a sort of a favorite cheat meal or indulgence? Uh yeah, pizza is probably a good one. Or going out for a good burger. How about you, Nicole? Same. Yeah. Same. We like pizza our cheese. Burgers. Do we have pineapples on pizza? Yeah, so our pizza is super healthy. Like, it, it's like, it's got no cheese, only vegetables, but it's like, it's a lot of carbs. So it's like a carb spike. So, uh, and no pineapple on pizzas. <laughs> no pineapple, no fruit, just veggies. I guess you get the. When I was 16, 17, making pizzas, it's so wrong when people order pineapple on their pizza. <laughs> did you say you worked at a pizza place? Yeah, when I was younger. I did too, yeah. So wow. that was actually going to be one of my questions. What types of jobs did you guys have growing up? Oh, man. So, um, yeah, growing up, like when I was still in school, uh, worked in a pizza shop, worked in a bar, um, and then while I was uh, 
trying to get into the fire service. I worked for the government in IT design, uh, IT support and web design. Uh, and then obviously I was a firefighter for 10 years. Wow. How about you, Nicole? Yeah, I think my first job was mowing grass. Um, if you're from the country, that's pretty much what you start out as at, um, when you're like 13, 14, sometimes even younger. And then, um, I also worked in a pizza shop, I worked in a furniture store. Um, I bartended through college. Um, and then I started my own gym. So I did that for almost personal training and, and running a gym for probably 12 years now. Mm. And then when did you start real estate? Um, quarantine. <laughs> yeah. So no more competitions. Well, I'm supposed to sit in this house. What do I do? So I took a course online. Um, and as soon as I passed my test, um, which would have been. No, after we moved here. So maybe September is when my license hit the brokerage. And so I've been working uh, since yeah. September. Yeah. And how many, how many sales have you had? Um, closed transactions. We are at six. Awesome. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. It's a good year for real estate. <laughs> so, so I have a, a complex question. Which one of you is more likely to apologize first? Oh, I apologize more, but if it's something <laughs> to disagree on, then I'm she'll, no, she'll normally like <laughs> she'll normally come around quicker than me. I'll be the bigger person. I'll take one for the team. I'm most of them. I love it. So, who would get more nervous before a competition? We handle things differently. Uh, I still get, I get quiet, yeah. like in the zone kind of. Um, and then Sam jokes around, jokes around. So it's kind of <laughs> opposites. <laughs> like, I don't like if we're in the crowds, I don't talk to anybody. I'm pretty like, just like focused on the task. Um, that's just what works for me. And mm -hmm. Sam is like making light of the situation, like outwardly having fun, joking around with, with people. So it was always really, really fun to compete with her for that reason. So that, like water pizza or, you know, even the that games. Yeah. Granite games. We had a lot of fun because she brought me out of my like narrow focus. And so are you more anxious watching the other one compete than you are competing yourself? I don't like watching anybody compete. Like I would, much rather be like competing it's really hard for me to like go to competitions and like watch people compete i have to do a really 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 hard workout in the a.m so that i'm so tired that <laughs> I like go and watch somebody else compete <laughs> whereas nicole does a good job <laughs> <laughs> you've you've been very supportive oh thanks okay <laughs> So, so, so both of you uh, give back to the community in very different ways. Um, I know, Nicole, you, you're promoting 52 weeks of giveaways on your Instagram. Yeah, 
so um, obviously COVID affected people differently with um, some of the local businesses being able or not able to operate at full capacity. So my platform isn't as large as, as Sam's, um, but I'm trying to use my platform to just send some love to local businesses. Um, so if I have five people on my Instagram that maybe check out a local restaurant or a local artist, um, then that's a win for me. So. And then Sam, you do crazy endurance events like 50 K row 50 K run, uh, to raise money for charity. Where do you come up with these crazy ideas? So I'm actually going to blame Carl Porter for that one. I <laughs> uh, did it after the games. Uh, he did it for um, uh, mental awareness, mental health awareness. Uh, and I just thought it was a really cool concept. Uh, kind of the boundaries of uh, what's deemed as a challenge have like just gone through the roof. I remember like when people used to do a 5k or a 10k and they'd be like, oh, I'm raising money for charity. Now, if you say that you're doing a 10k, people would be like, oh yeah, and? <laughs> so you have to kind of like push the boundaries. So like the 100k challenge just really kind of like spoke to me. Uh, and it was just one of those things. It's like, I didn't know if it was possible that I could complete it. And so it's like, okay, it's going to be one of the toughest things that I'm ever going to put myself through. So hopefully people could see that and kind of get behind that. And just through my page, we raised nearly 10,000 pounds and some of the other gyms involved had their own pages. So we raised close to 20,000 uh, pounds for cancer research. That's awesome. And you finished in nine hours and 10 minutes? It was the hardest <laughs> night of my life. Well, I tell you, like the, first, like the first half was good and I felt good. I felt like the pace was on. Um, I did, I finished, I was halfway through in four hours, 20, and then like, I just think the, the your body's just not used to it. I'd never done anything that long and it was just progressively getting more painful and the paces were just getting slower. And I don't think anything prepares you for the mental aspects as well. I started to feel so emotional. The last like 2K that I was running, I, I felt like I could cry and I'm not a crier. I'm like, what is happening? I'm like, oh my God, I've nearly finished this run. <laughs> That's awesome that you're both giving back to the community in such cool ways. Thank you. Sam, do you think at all about sort of life after your career? Yeah, um, it crosses my mind. I keep, keep time with the idea of retiring and what would I do and was it 16 that you said you were going to retire? Yeah, I announced that I was retiring in 2016. <laughs> we, we like, I looked at it and I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> that didn't happen. And then she got on the master's leaderboard and then that just screwed up my whole score. So that's the whole reason why I can't make it to the games. Yeah. <laughs> it was by 2016 was when I needed the shoulder surgery. So 2015, I had the back injury before the open and then I broke my foot before regionals. 
got through the games and then 2016 my shoulder went and managed to get through the games so I was kind of like is my body telling me that like this is too much I'm like I'm pushing it too much it just keeps breaking I had the shoulder surgery in 2016 and then came back feeling better than ever placed second at um, Dubai that year um, to uh, Sarah came first and I came ahead of Annie who came in third so I was kind of like oh maybe I don't need to retire I'm like I'm doing okay so you're just kind of going by field and as as the seasons progress you'll know you'll kind of know when but you don't necessarily have this in your head like when I hit 40 I'm definitely done or anything like that <laughs> what's that when I hit 40 I'm done oh okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah spots in the last like month and a half which is huge like lifetime PRs wow. we just changed how I train and it's been a very big learning curve um I've always enjoyed like a lot of high volume training and uh, just as like I'm getting older we're having to change what I'm doing to kind of like come attack training from different angles and at the moment, like touch wood, I'm like, I'm feeling good. Things are progressing well. I hit a lifetime uh, PR on my back squat. So not even a, a post-surgery or, or approaching 40 PR. It was actually a, a lifetime, 15 pound lifetime PR. So like things are, th some things are feeling amazing. So I'm just kind of like trying to ride that wave. Um, I'm 38 now, so this game's over 39. Uh, kind of in my head, I thought it'd be really cool if, like, next year, the 2022 season, I'll be 40. If I can still qualify in the elite category at 40 and then tip my hat and say good luck to the rest of them, I think it'd be a pretty cool uh, way to go out. So do you yeah. do, you do your own programming for yourself? No. Um, James Jowsey, sorry. Okay. So that would be quite a feat. Uh, I would love to have that happen for sure. So you're kind of legendary for being able to push through the pain of those injuries that you've sustained and still score well in a regionals or, because didn't you qualify through a regionals with a broken foot? Um, yeah, you, I can't the Atlantic Regional. And so what does your body feel like when it's not injured and you get to and you're free to go full out without having to block the pain out <laughs> I, th I think if you speak to any athlete that's at this level you're never in complete like pain free <laughs> like i don't think it is like possible <laughs> wait till you hit 40. So I hit 40 and then it's gonna like everything's gonna be awesome right, you're um, like what is that i don't i've never felt that before there's there's definitely like what's tolerable pain and like what's what's not um like with with the, the foot uh, 2014 i obviously uh, didn't qualify and missed the games and i trained so hard to like get back to the games in 2015 that kind of the, the back injury uh, we managed to like get through and still qualify for regionals and then it was literally the week before regionals I broke my foot 
uh, got the news and they were like, you should not have even walked into here. You need to be in a boot now, yada, yada, yada. No competing. And literally for 30 minutes, I started thinking my season's over. And then I got changed my workout gear and walked onto the gym floor and said, I'm doing it. When my coach was just like, okay. Um, I was lucky. Uh, I was living in Miami at the time and I got in touch with Selena Fonsada. She was coming out to regionals anyway to be my physio. Uh, she was sitting out that year uh, because she had a back injury. Um, so she was going to regionals to treat me and she drove uh, for two hours to come and meet me on her mum's birthday, brought her mum with her <laughs> to practice different taping techniques uh, on my foot to see if I could get through the events so that then on competition day, she would be able to tape me up every morning uh, and I'd be able to get through the events. That's a really cool story. Talina, Talina Fortunato dry needled my neck one time. I was down in Florida and had a really bad stiff neck and I reached out to Lauren Brooks who's like yep. Talena's best friend. And she's like, oh, just call my friend Talena. So I did and I went to her gym and she's sticking needles in my neck. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, learning to do needling. I was her test dummy. And for oh. two hours, I had every single part of my body needle. <laughs> it was the worst experience of my life. <laughs> after she looked after me at regionals, I like, I, I couldn't say no, I had to like do it. That was great. That is great. So what okay. was worse, having all the needles in your body or the 50K row, 50K run? Uh, the 50K row, 50K run. Not <laughs> even like, at the time. Like, for two weeks, I couldn't walk after. Like, my, my shins and calves were pretty messed up. I, I was kind of thinking, I'm like, I've done it. I'm ruined. I'm not even going to be able to do the Open this year. But luckily, like after two weeks, my body was like, Okay, we're we're kind of back to normal now. You can you can continue. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Well, guys, we're sort of hitting up on the hour here. I am. Um, I'm gonna Sam. I'm gonna put you on the spot real quick. Um, I have a friend, Colleen, who is a super fan of yours. Um, when I told her that we were getting you on the podcast, she wanted to call in sick today and like hide under my desk and pop up and say hello. <laughs> To meet you um but she couldn't make it but i will tell you she's a master's athlete she works really hard she's been in a little bit of a rut this year um and is sort of starting january 1st trying to like get her body composition in check and sort of get the skills that she needs to get to be competitive at a local level and i just wondered if you could give her like a word of encouragement yeah just say uh, colleen yep colleen uh, don't try and focus on where you used to be like just focus on where you are now and try and do a little bit every day. It's not what you're doing or the weight that's on the bar, it's the effort that you're putting in. I love it. She's gonna die. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> no problem. I appreciate it. You I, guys I, have been- I have ahead. one final question. One final question, it's for Nicole. Um, you did a post just uh, not too long ago about that you lost a, a dear friend and that friend is someone who taught you that you have to meet your clients where they are when you're coaching. And I just want to give you a minute to be able to expound on that because I thought it was a great post on your, on your Instagram. Yeah, and, and CrossFit is, is set up for this. 
um, with it with the the core concept being that everything is scalable no matter who you are or where you're starting or where you're coming from um, you can get a bit of piece of what we're doing um, and adapt it to what works for you so um, the guy that you were referring to he was dreading starting the training sessions with me his wife made him come in um, he actually sat outside in his car the entire session didn't want to come in i went out to the parking lot to talk to him um, and that's where we made a deal where in order to make it more fun we would play basketball for 15 minutes a day and then we would only have 45 minutes for what we needed to get done um, so i've taken that concept um, you know, for, for almost 12 years now with everybody that I work with. Um, I, I work with somebody who, who hired me as a trainer. Um, and instead of making him fit in a box where we're doing weight training or cardio or CrossFit workouts, you know, and I'm picking it, uh, he really enjoys ballroom dancing. So we spend 30 minutes ballroom dancing. He's been teaching me, you know, some things. And then we do what we need to do, which is um, make measurable improvements for his health. Um, so, you know, getting strong core, uh, lifting weights, uh, uh, basic movements, so squats, you know, as you get older, you wanna make sure that you're lifting properly, um, deadlifts, that sort of thing. So, yep, so that, that was a pretty powerful lesson. Yeah, I think it's a lesson that all coaches need to, to, to hear and, and take in sure that's awesome well you guys have been fabulous we so appreciate your time um i feel like we could have gone on um if you guys had fun let's try to do this again in like six months maybe in advance of the games and get an update on where everybody's where everybody is and what everyone's doing um but like i said it was it was a great hour and we appreciate your time and we hope you guys have a great day thanks so much thank no you guys bye Thank you for joining us on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast. Remember, you can find us now on YouTube as well as all major podcast platforms. Please go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you use and consider giving us a five-star rating. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends.